This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. rapidement Noël how are you now Whoa. folks hello and welcome to episode 32 of the bottom six minutes podcast presented by Habs eyes and the prize I am Matt Drake and we are here to talk about the Montreal Canadians uh, starting a little bit of a road trip here a little bit of a holiday road trip in Minnesota to face the wild and um <clears throat> A couple of days off since their last game, um, which was one that they maybe didn't deserve to win, but they did. They pulled it out. Uh, resiliency, uh, something to be said for the team coming together a little bit and finding a way to win. I don't know, but uh, could they do it against a wild team that has been quite good since firing their coach? Uh, that weird-looking guy, Dean Evison, that always looked like he was you know, completely perplexed and absolutely furious at the same time on the bench <laughs> and replacing him. Uh, they've been pretty good, so uh, you know it was kind of uh, interesting going into that game. I wasn't too sure what to expect. Uh, obviously, they beat the Habs last time that they played in the, in the Bell Center, and uh, I, I really wasn't sure. Um, usually, I go into a game and I have a good idea of what I think is going to happen. At least this one, I, I was completely just you know empty-headed. Like I had no expectations whatsoever. Uh, so we're going to get into it. We're going to get into the recap, everything that happened in there. But first, the only people who don't get time off at this time of year are pro athletes and us at Bet Online. With NFL, bowl season, and NBA in full swing over the holidays, Bet Online isn't taking a second off to make sure that you have all the up-to-second odds, news, and info. BetOnline has all the sports wagering info available that you will need with both desktop and mobile access. Head there today to get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And uh, this game between the Montreal Canadiens and the Minnesota Wild sure did start. <laughs> um, and it started weirdly. Uh, again, I went into this one with no expectations. Not sure what I'm going to be watching. And it's a bit back and forth to start the game. Habs struggling to get pucks on net, even though they're getting to dangerous positions. Uh, Yoel Armia missed two really good opportunities. Uh, really big defense from Alex Goligoski saved probably a sure Uri Slavkovsky goal on a two-on-one. The first whistle of the game was almost halfway through the period. They, they had really good pace to start this game. Um, uh, lack of shots for sure, because I think when that whistle went, I think shots were 3-1 or 4-1 in favor of Minnesota. The Habs were missing the net a lot, as I mentioned. Uh, Minnesota was not missing that, but they also just weren't shooting very much. It was just, you know, they were just skating around a lot, and it was fast-paced, so it was enjoyable to watch at the very least, but uh, definitely a lack of, of actual events. 
Then we get a little later in the period, and of course, uh, the refs have to lean into the frame of the fucking game like they do. Uh, Marco Rossi, he takes a poke at Samuel Montembeau after the whistle. David Savard does exactly what he should do as a defenseman, which is go over there and kind of give him a bit of a face wash up against the net. And the refs decide to only take David Savard. Realistically, I'm not sitting here asking for a penalty on Marco Rossi for a poke at Samuel Montembeau. I'm not. I don't think he should get a penalty for that. What I think is the refs should just put the fucking whistle back in their pocket and do nothing because this happens 15 times a game. If there was like 10 NHL games tonight, if I watched all of them, I bet you that exact play happened at least 10 times. At least. That's a conservative figure. And I bet you 9 out of 10 didn't get called. The only one they called was the one on Savard. So that was silly to me. But of course... Of course, it's going to hurt the Montreal Canadiens. Matthew Boldy standing at the side of the net. He gets a cross-ice pass from Kirill Kaprizov. He's not going to miss from there. It's one nothing for the Minnesota Wild. And as mad as I was at the refs, and as quickly as I could have turned this into a ref rant, as I do... Um, I was more upset at the fact that the Habs just kind of stopped playing after that. Like, it took all the wind out of their sails. A few minutes later... Quick zone entry, uh, Zach Bogosian makes a pass over to Marco Rossi, and he scores, makes it 2-0. The Habs decide to challenge for an offside, and this pissed me off even more because, you know, Martin Saint-Louis has to look at the replay and know that there was not enough there uh, to overturn it. It might have been offside, um, it might not have been, but knowing that you have to have conclusive evidence to overturn the call on the ice, you can't make that challenge, uh, and they did. And it didn't go, so the score is maintained at 2 nothing, and they have another penalty kill. Uh, they managed to actually kill off that penalty, but I'm really just not enjoying the overall reaction to that first penalty and what happened thereafter. I'm hoping for some better action from the Habs in the second period. And I get my wish, really. I mean, really early in the second period, we get a good Uri uh, Slavkovsky chance. Multiple chances for Minnesota going the other way. Not great, but the Habs settle in a little bit. And then we just start trading penalties. And this, you know, as much as I like to clown the refs, uh, this game did get a little bit out of control in that second period. So Letary gets a tripping penalty about six minutes in, right? Here's your chance to gain the momentum if you're the Habs. Um, and it sucks, right? They're absolutely brutal on that power play. However, right after it ends... Nick Suzuki sends Cole Caulfield in on the right side for a chance. He has a shot. It fails. Goes around the net. Goes for a wraparound. That fails as well. But the wraparound goes all the way out to David Savard near the point. He's coming down and sends it home. It's 2-1. to one. The halves are right back in this fucking thing. And then the penalty exchange uh, starts getting nuts, right? They take a penalty. And then Caden uh, Gooley lights up Kirill Kaprizov. And Marco Rossi, of all people, who is way smaller than than Caden Gooley, goes after him and tries to fight him, uh, gets manhandled by Gooley, but he takes an instigator penalty. So now we're at four on four because the Habs took a penalty and then Rossi took a penalty. Gooley was in the box as well for five, but those cancel each other out. And we're at four on four. All of a sudden, this game is fun, right? Later on, Brendan Gallagher hits uh, Zach Bogosian clean, okay? Clean. And Bogosian throws an absolute tantrum, attacks Brennan Gallagher, takes four minutes worth of penalties. And the Habs have a huge opportunity to tie the game here. But Mike Matheson gets called for interference within the first fucking 20 seconds 
of that four-minute power play. And uh, that cancels it out. We're back to four-on-four. Really good work on that four-on-four from the Montreal Canadiens, but nothing doing. They have a shortened power play after that. They squander that opportunity as well. And then Marcus Foligno runs Justin Barron in the numbers, seemingly, perhaps, a little bit of revenge for the Ghoulie hit on Kaprizov earlier. But he gets two minutes for it. Probably should have been a five, but, you know, I'm, I'm not going to split hairs here. At least the refs made the call. I initially thought they weren't going to make the call at all because I didn't see any hands go up, uh, but they made it. Uh, so at the very least, they got the two minutes. The Habs can't score. It's very close to the end of the period. There's about 30 seconds left on the clock, something like that. Um, so they're going to have about a minute and a half going into the third period. So we start the third period on the power play, and it is an absolute must that the Montreal Canadiens do something with this opportunity, and they do. Uri Slavkovsky gets a chance coming down from the top of the circle, right? It gets deflected on the way, and it's kind of fluttering its way towards the goal, and who's there? Nick Suzuki. He picks that puck up and just deposits it behind Gustafsson into the net, an easy one, and we're tied 2-2. The Montreal Canadiens kind of stormed their way back into this game. Uh, really, again, was not happy with the way that they played um, coming out of that first goal. That The way that that power play went, um, the way that power play was awarded, uh, seemed to take the win out of their sails. But they gained it back in the second period. Now we're having a bit of, we're, we're having some fun watching this game. And we finally get... Uh, a streak of five-on-five hockey after that. We're getting chances at both ends, but then near the midway point of the period, Yoel Armia takes the stupidest holding penalty I've seen in a while near his own blue line. Send that man to waivers tomorrow. Tomorrow. Like, call up anybody from Laval. They're a better option than him. That was a horrible penalty to take in a tied game. And guess what? Of course, it hurts them right off the first face-off in their zone. Draw back. It goes to Brock Faber. He shoots it through traffic. I don't think it touched anybody on the way. I'm pretty sure they did credit it to Brock Faber as well. And it's 3-2 to two for the Minnesota Wild. Good work, Armia. Have fun in Laval. Um, <laughs> the Habs need to get to work at this point because now they've only got about half a period. They need to get a goal uh, to try and force overtime or maybe two goals, dare I say, and win this thing in uh, regulation, which is something that has eluded them very badly so far this season. And uh, look, they, they start playing quite well. Um, with around three minutes left on the clock, they finally get rewarded. David Savard at the point gets a shot. It goes off Uri Slavkovsky, then off of Middleton, and then in. So it kind of pinballs its way into the net there. Bit of a lucky goal, but I got to give a lot of credit, number one, to David Savard for just taking the opportunity in front of him. I think that's something that's been missing from the Montreal Canadiens this season is they don't often take the shot that's available. They try to pass it around too much. He didn't do that. He just took the shot that was available. Uh, And I got to also credit Uri Slavkovsky. Really good work in front of the net, right? It's not it's it's sometimes a thankless job to just be muscling your way around in front of the crease, and that's exactly what he did. And it was just kind of right place at the right time. Goes off him, goes off the defender, and he ends up getting a goal out of it. And uh, we are all tied up at three. And then we get the softest cross check call I've ever seen. Cole Caulfield, uh, I think it was Marco Rossi. Cole Caulfield just kind of bumps him a little bit. And yeah, he's got a stick out and he's holding it and not really a cross-checking motion. It's down by his hips, which for Cole Caulfield is is near most guys' knees. Um, barely touches him and they call it. And so this is with about, um, I don't know, 
minute and a half to go. So the Habs have to kill off a minute and a half of power play to end the game. And they do. They manage to kill it. And they actually do a really good job. They spent most of the time in the offensive zone. Best kill I've seen from them in a very long time. And uh, they will have 30 seconds or so to kill on the other side in overtime. So we go to overtime. Okay, four on three in favor of the Minnesota Wild. Thanks to Jake Evans mostly, they managed to kill off the rest of that Caulfield penalty. We get back to three on three eventually after some four on four. And the three on three is mostly just Minnesota playing keep away. They're doing a pretty good job of that, but they're not generating a whole lot in terms of chances out of it. So it feels, you know, benign. Well, I, I think that's the best way to describe it. Like, it wasn't dangerous when, when they had the puck. They were just gaining the offensive zone and kind of passing it around a little bit. And then with four fucking seconds on the clock, Marcus Johansson has got the puck in the corner, sauces it across to the back door, and it's Kirill Kaprizov standing there uncovered, and he puts it in past Samuel Montembeau. Four to three. That's your final score. Um, really shitty ending to what was honestly quite a fun game um i'm I'm not gonna sit here and lament it um again i could have some words for the refs i could have some words for the habs effort uh in overtime where they seemed like they were they seemed like they were playing for the shootout but overall that was entertaining and again this is the same thing i said many times last year i'm looking for positive progress from young players i saw that in this game i'm looking for entertainment I had that in this game as well. So for me, uh, this is a pretty good Montreal Canadiens game. Uh, I enjoyed it. I hope everybody else enjoyed it. And I really don't have too much negative to say. Um, With that being said, I think we need to move on and we need to talk about your silver lining of the night. I'm going to have several from that game. I'm not just going to have one um, because it's hard to pick because I think there were were a few people that deserve to be um, rewarded. But I'm going to start with... Uri Slavkovsky, and I know a lot of people are not big fans of him. They're not big fans of that pick, and uh, I think some people, I've received some DMs where people are like, you're trying to boost him, and I'm not. Uh, like, I don't get any money from the Montreal Canadiens. I don't give a shit what they think about me or my podcast. Uh, I'm not trying to defend anything that the Montreal Canadiens have done or will do. I think anybody who has listened to this podcast long enough or who has read my work on Eyes on the Prize long enough knows that I will shit all over that team when they do something I don't like. So, um, however, I think that credit where credit is due is important. And the way Slavkovsky has been playing lately has been fantastic. Um, he played really well in that game. It, it, it wasn't flashy. It wasn't... Um, it wasn't the kind of performance that you would, you know, make a movie about, but it was dirty. It was crash and bang. It was precisely what you would expect a six foot four, you know, 200 plus pound player to be able to do. And again, this, this goes back to what I've been saying in multiple episodes so far this season about him, where he's finally playing like he figured out what size he is. He woke up at some point early in this season and went, holy shit, you know, I'm actually you know, a couple inches taller and 20 pounds heavier than half the guys in this league, at least half, maybe more than half. And he just started playing exactly like that was the truth, which it is. And this was another example of that in this game, like that goal that he got, right? It's not, it's a garbage goal, but they, I've said this many times, right? They don't ask how they ask how many. And 
that was a big one for this team. And he got it by just muscling his way around the front of the net. Uh, it's impressive to to see how capable he is of making space for himself by just shoving guys out of the way and uh, really imposing himself physically. This is something that he absolutely was not doing last year. And I, I do wonder if it was just because, you know, his injury ended up ending his season a little bit early. He didn't get a chance to really develop that part of his game. Um, this year he's been healthy and luckily we've had the opportunity to see him do that. So I'm hoping that we see more of it moving forward rest of the year that's all I want to see from him you know um, the points I think will come one thing that came out earlier today um, there was a tweet I forget who it was from but that line that top line of Nick Suzuki with Uri Slavkovsky and Cole Caulfield they're in the top 10 in the NHL for expected goals for they are one of the best lines one of the top 10 lines in the NHL that's nuts that's nuts to say that the Montreal Canadiens, who are clearly not going to make the playoffs this year, they, they got an outside shot, but they're 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 not. Let's be honest with ourselves; they're not going to make the playoffs, and they've got one of the top ten lines in the league in terms of expected goals. Um, that's fantastic. The goals aren't really coming for them of late, but in this game, they did. And that brings me to my other silver linings. I'm going to go with Cole Caulfield and I'm going to go with Nick Suzuki. I'm going to talk about them in tandem because they are seemingly joined at the hip in this Montreal Canadiens lineup. And really, you could just join them right up with your Slavkovsky as well. That line worked well in this game. They played a great game. Um, they had a big power play goal. They had a big uh, even strength goal. Um, just a fantastic game from them, you know? Uh, Uri Slavkovsky, I've said this before, has really kind of changed the landscape of that line where now they can forecheck a little bit better. Um, the only thing that seems to be left is to get Cole Caulfield going uh, in terms of scoring goals. And uh, he had a lot of opportunities in, in that game. He had a few shots that I thought could have gone in if it was a different goalie or if he just had changed the angle a little bit. Like, I think... And I, I hate to play that game of saying, like, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I know I've said it before, but I feel like we're, we're, we're maybe a, a couple more games of these guys playing together from finding out that, oh, shit, Cole Caulfield is exactly the same guy that we saw um, after Martin Saint-Louis took over the bench uh, and obviously before his injury last season, and he's going to start filling the net. It's, it's, it's going to come. Nick Suzuki was magnificent in that game. He's so intelligent when he's on the forecheck and when he's in board battles. You see this guy sometimes go into a board battle and you think, oh, he's beat. He's late to that puck or he's up against somebody that's bigger than him. And he somehow figures out a way to come out of that board battle with the puck. Um, just one of the most intelligent players I've seen uh, in, in my days watching hockey. And uh, you, you, you see it game in and game out with him. And... You know, he, he might not hit that 90-point plateau that, that I've said many times that he will hit this season, but I, I think he's going to get closer to it than, than you might believe. If you look at his projections right now, uh, they're a little low. He's projected mid-60s, I believe, uh, but I think that's going to change. I think when they get towards the end of the year, um, I, I think this team is going to start playing a little bit more loose once they once they know that they're going to be out of the playoffs. I don't know. This is kind of maybe a stupid thing to say, but I feel like once they get further away from a playoff spot and it becomes clear that they're not going to be there, I think they're going to stop gripping the stick so tight, and I think they're going to start letting pucks fly a little bit more. Um, that's been one of the big problems with this team is that they're they're not putting enough rubber on net. 
Like they, they have opportunities to do it and they're just making too many passes. And I think uh, once they loosen up a little bit, I think the, the points are going to start flowing a little bit more than they are right now. But uh, that top line, again, as a whole, you could consider them a silver lining. You talk about expected goals for theirs was 75.05 in that game. Uh, far and away the leader from any line in the Montreal Canadiens. So really great game from them. And uh, yeah, uh, silver lining to all three of those guys. In particular, I felt Uri Slavkovsky just because of what he means to the rebuild as a first overall pick. Um, really good game. And uh, I think there's uh, something to celebrate there for sure. Um, outside of that, uh, I'd say my my next silver lining would have to be Brendan Gallagher. Um, I really enjoyed what he was doing in that game. He was playing like you know vintage Brendan Gallagher, uh, crash and bang, you know, creating havoc. Uh, obviously baited uh, Zach Bogosian into that stupid penalty that he took. It really could have been a five minute penalty against Bogosian. Uh, ended up being only four minutes, but either way. Um, you got to credit Brendan Gallagher for just going in there, landing a clean hit, and forcing a guy to take a stupid penalty. Um, Justin Barron was really good in that game as well. Another potential silver lining. I mean, he's he's had a few good games in a row now, and, and again, he's kind of frustrating to watch because he always has those defensive lapses as well to kind of take away from what he does good in the offensive zone and in transition. But in that game, I, I had no complaints about Justin Barron. Obviously, he took a that stupid hit from Marcus Foligno and uh, missed a little bit of time, but he came back into that game and still looked good. So, uh, again, flowers to Justin Barron. Flowers to Jaden fucking Struble, too. Jaden Struble was magnificent in that game. Um, there was a lot to like from him. He had a, a sequence at one point, I think, in the first period where he got the puck um, near his own blue line and threw some ridiculous checks that probably could have been called as hooking. Uh, managed to drive it all the way into the offensive zone. He is incredibly strong. Again, I've said this many times, he is not going back to the Laval Rocket. That is an NHL defenseman if I've ever seen one, and he's going to stick. Um, outside of that, who else? Sean Monaghan had a good game. Uh, Caden Gooley had a very good game. Um, Johnny Kovacevic had a good game. There, were good, there was enough good games to go around. The only thing that irked me, the only thing that grinds my gears is they couldn't close it out. They couldn't just get to the fucking shootout and give themselves a chance in the skills competition. That that bothered me a little bit. Uh, but look, it's hockey. You know, you make one mistake, the puck ends up in the back of your net. So um, no use dwelling on it. That was a pretty good game from the Habs. And uh, I don't think that there's too much reason for us to be upset about it. On that note, I think uh, we'll end it. What are we running? Uh, over 22 minutes. So, since soirée énorme pour les employés de soutien. Uh, we are on Spotify. Uh, we're on Google Play. We're on Apple. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I'd appreciate it very much. This episode was brought to you by Ben Online. Thank you, as always, for listening. And, of course, à la prochaine. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.
This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.